obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. Welcome uh, to episode uh, 331 of Sports on the Hill podcast. Uh, We are broadcasting live on the True Radio Network's Facebook page. Uh, Facebook is still preventing me to go live from the show page, so I still have to figure that out. Um, but yeah, we'll go live from that one. I will share it in just a few minutes, uh, to a bunch of other groups so people can find it, uh, including onto our show page. Um, but yeah, I'm joined, uh, by C4 and, uh, Gil is going to have a, a grand reveal in just a moment. Um, and, uh, we're have a fun show tonight. Uh, the show will start with our caps talk segment. Uh, we only have two games to break down, but a lot of games to preview a uh, big week coming up for the capitals. Uh, we'll talk about the game that happened on Gil's 50th birthday um, and uh, a interesting uh, back and forth affair. And uh, we'll also break down the other game that was a little bit more uh, lopsided, shall I say, uh, against uh, it was not a very happy Valentine's Day f- uh, for the Capitals. We'll just put it that way. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, one in one week and then a lot of games to preview uh, coming up. And we'll also talk about Gil's birthday in addition to that. Uh, and then after that segment, we'll have Champ, who's in chat on Twitch right now. Uh, we'll have him come on. We'll talk a little NBA All-Star break um, and the All-Star festivities from the weekend. Uh, we won't get into the game so much because that was kind of a lopsided, not very exciting, and they don't play defense anymore. Uh, but the All-Star competition uh, for the skills competition, I think, is still where it's at. So he'll help me break that down uh as well as we will talk about all the huge wrestling news uh from this past week so lots of stuff to break down with him and then in the third segment we're going to have andy join in uh most likely uh maybe also have uh champ for part of it as well and we will do another scuba diving edit we released a video uh this past weekend um and uh, people can go check that out there it's part 10 of that video series uh, it's also the most recent video on my YouTube channel. Uh, so we'll talk about that video, how I made it, um, and uh, talk about the parts for the next movie, which is part 11, which is our final video in the series. Uh, so we'll talk about that all in the second hour. You won't get that in the audio podcast uh, or the Facebook Live, uh, but you will get that on our Twitch channel uh, and then also later on YouTube when I clip it up. So. 
Anyway, I appreciate everyone for tuning in and being a part of this uh, live on uh, Facebook and live on Twitch. I guess at this moment, uh, to celebrate his 50th birthday, we should bring in Gil right now. He has a special outfit that we've been teasing um, that he's going to be wearing uh, tonight uh, to celebrate uh, 50 years. Uh, so we'll bring him in uh, now, and I will also share uh, the True Radio Network to a couple of people uh, real fast as well. So... Um, let me see. Is, is he coming on? All right. Well, uh, yep, here goes. Um, Camerol? Hey! Uh, and and I, I full reveal, I'm not I'm not in full uh outfit. Um there was uh, an extra bit of accoutrement that came with it that I neglected to uh reveal, so I'll reveal it now. <laughs> <laughs> King Gill. That's fantastic. Yes. So, so I, I won't wear it because it doesn't quite fit, but I don't know if it'll but yeah, that there was there was this, and I'm <laughs> sorry if I'm blinding anybody, but yes, yes, Saturday was my 50th birthday, and uh yeah, I I got this um along with uh so so much else. Yeah. It was such a fun day. Um uh, a little behind the scenes, we were able to celebrate with Gil through a similar conversation to what we're doing right now um, on the Zoom platform and kind of surprise him uh, with a nice little get together with lots of friends. And I know that others uh, wanted to make it, but technical difficulties, but it was a, a great opportunity uh, for a bunch of us to get together and celebrate with him, even if we couldn't be there all in that moment, we could all at least uh, show up, say hi, uh, give him our best and uh, um contribute to the party virtually, if you will. And so uh, it was it was a fun time and uh, happy birthday again, Gil. And uh, I'm excited uh, that the Caps were able to get a win for you later on the uh, on that day. Yeah, it was a very good day. And uh, thanks uh, all of you guys who uh, participated in that. Uh, it was uh, you two and uh, a bunch of old friends from high school. Uh, uh, Pete Fisher, who's uh, met up with you guys before. Mm -hmm. um, um, another old friend of mine, uh, Lisa, uh, Lisa Bear, uh, Goldberg, um, who, uh, I don't know if she still does it, but, uh, she did bouting, uh, ro roller derby for a while. I don't know if she still does it, but mm -hmm. that's, uh, that, that's her thing. Um, and, uh, my old, old friend, uh, Ed Conley, who does, uh, actually does a radio show once a week for, uh, a low power FM station out of Tacoma park. Uh, so uh, thanks all of you uh, for uh, helping making making it special and um, yeah it was just it it was a pretty big surprise seeing everybody yeah it was fun um, uh, I I'm sad that my I'm, I was having problems with my uh, finding my laptop and I I'm sad I missed the grand reveal moment but I am happy that I was able to catch uh, most of it so uh, I'm sure that that was. Uh, uh, how did she end up revealing it to you that it was going to happen? Did did you just like turn on the computer and it was there, or what was the that moment? So I okay, so I got I got Shanghaied into going there, and then um, I got called into uh, the room. Um, I I thought I thought I was being tricked into uh, fixing a computer problem. Then I was just told to sit down and turn on the camera, and then boom, everything was there. So that. <laughs> Nothing too too special, but yeah, that that's uh, surprise. Pretty much yeah, that's cool. yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So um, I'm happy that we we're able to do that, and uh, people in chat on Twitch are saying happy birthday to you as well. Um, 
Uh, so thank you to thanks Carl. guys. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it was fun. So um, we don't have a ton of games to talk about today, so we can kind of have it be a little bit more laid back and more of a forward thinking uh, Capitals podcast since we do have a big slate of games coming up, including uh, next week we'll do a watch along, which we know how successful those have been for us. Um, I, I say sarcastically, if you can't. Uh, I'm thinking, are you sure that's a good yeah, idea? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, I don't schedule. Luckily, there was only five this year on Mondays. We counted them. So, you know, less than there could have been uh, and less than have been in previous years. So, um, yeah, has not been the best luck for us uh, in the past, but uh, who knows? Uh, we have had some success. Uh, actually, our greatest success is when we do pregame shows, but uh, with having to put two children to bed before doing the podcast, uh, my days of doing seven o'clock podcasts are, uh, are, are past. Um, so, um i that's why i appreciate you guys all staying up till nine uh with me so i can do it afterwards uh i literally behind the scenes got zach to bed at eight fifty-five. so you know like five minutes before we we turn on the the camera so it's uh quite a frantic mad dash to to make it in time uh, for my own show but um the uh I, i'm so happy we got to celebrate those so let's go back in time um and have you break down Gil, I have to say your podcast this week was very good. I really enjoyed it uh, tremendously. Um, oh, thank you very much. Especially the, the joke at the end. And then if you stay through the outro, a little extra uh, funny <laughs> joke at the end, which I did catch. Uh, so um, uh, it's important little, that you listen all the way through, uh, fans. Little, uh, little Easter egg we throw in there sometimes after the end. Yes. Yeah. So I know that they exist. So I mean, after the credits, it. oh, I have to go back and listen. Yeah, exactly. So, I turned it uh, off. Well, I was listening to it right before I got on here, so I was running a little short on time. So I'll go back and listen to the. I, I actually listened to it while I was driving around doing some chores, pre-picking up my kids today. So it was a, a great listen, uh, setting up for that, uh, and it really helped me set up what we'll talk about tonight. Because in fact, we were talking about the same games. Um, but uh, I do want you to maybe break them down in a similar fashion too. I thought you did a really good job, Gil, on both of those games, both uh, the back and forth nature of the uh, the first game against you know who you think will could be uh, the champions again, um, and then uh, I uh, th I thought your breakdown of the lack of officiating in the second game was spot on. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I probably won't go to the whole rant again, but I mean, feel free to rant about some of those same moments in case people on this show didn't get to check that one out. Uh, but we'll go back and we'll do the first game first. But I do, I, I, I highly encourage people to go check out all of uh, this show. Anna does a great job as well. I know that Anna would want to be here. She's got family things today. And thank you, C4, uh, for even uh, with a hobbled arm uh, stepping in um, and uh and joining us uh, for the conversation. But uh, let's go back uh, to that uh, that first game uh, against Colorado uh, that was not a great Valentine's Day. Uh, Gil, do you want to break down? Can you Do you have the scoring? to? I, I, I have it, yeah. Um, um, so uh, if you're following following along in, uh, in the app, uh, I'm in the summary page of the 6-3 game against uh, Colorado. Um, so quickly running down the scoring, um, the caps fell behind, um, 246 and Ross Colton, his 11th, uh, wooden Lekkonen on the assist, uh, Devon Taves, uh, who's a very underrated defenseman, I Summary think page of the six, three game on 
and uh, uh, so he got his ninth. Johansson Cogliano on, on the assist there. And uh, with five minutes into the game, Caps are already behind. And we're thinking doom and gloom again. But uh, not to be because uh, several minutes later, Beck Malenstein and um, uh, Faravari and Dowd would combine on his fifth goal bring them within 2-1 at 9-16. And then just 44 seconds later, Connor McMichael uh, with a nice rebound from um, the uh, mishap of the game previous with his eighth, Anthony Mantha on the assist that goal. So 10 minutes into the game and Caps have pulled even with one of the best teams in the league. Um, and uh, well, they fell behind again in the second period, about 10 minutes in, Lekkonen and uh, at 8-50, uh, with his fourth and Miko Ranton in his 29th um, would put the avalanche up for two uh, at 17.03 on a power play. Uh, Caps would pull within one. And this was, um, I, I can't quite even, I, I should have researched this a bit, but uh, I'm sure this was like his second or third in the streak of games uh, for the goals he's had. Alex Ovechkin, his 14th might be his fourth in the fourth in the streak. When, after you mentioned that on stream, it was his fourth because he had one before mm-hmm. the break. So, okay. um, and then cause I know that in the within the point streak, he had a assist, and then he had six games with a goal in a row. And then on your birthday, he continued it with an assist. So he's still streaking, even if he's not uh, uh, having a goal scoring one uh, right now. So that's, I, I remember I went back and double checked that. Well, if he's if he's streaking, I hope he's not doing it in front of the police. So anyway, um, so he gets a goal at nine minutes into the third on the on the power play. And the Caps had actually pulled within one and they were playing decently, I, I thought, um, even though they only got nine shots on goal um, in, in the third period. But it's it's feast or famine. They usually stage a big comeback or they kind of die out. This was kind of in between that. But I don't think they played all that bad. It's just the result wasn't quite what we wanted it to be. And then they they decided to pull Kemper. And then, um, yeah, it, it, it just, the, the empty net goals just came a, a pouring down for the avalanche, uh, mm-hmm. like an avalanche. And so they got too late. And uh, that, that kind of skewed the score a little bit. I think I don't think the Caps played really a, a horrible game, much like they did in their first meeting with Colorado. But again, just not really not not enough firepower is what it came down to against a team like Colorado. So, you know, not the result we wanted, but much better effort overall. Um, I I I was thinking. I think we were all thinking as long as they showed up and you know acquitted themselves a lot better than they did the first meeting. I think that's all we could hope for here. And that's, I, I would say for the most part, that's what we got. Um, so six, uh, three and um, yeah, like I said, a couple couple empty netters and literally the last minute of the game for the avalanche power play was one for three. Uh, I like seeing them come alive. Um, they're pretty physical in this game, 26, 26 hits. So they, they were into it. They were up for this game for sure. Um, so I, I liked it. I liked the overall effort. Didn't like the result, of course, but I, I liked the overall effort they came with. Yeah, this one hurt a lot less than the first one, even though the score was nearly identical because it was 6-2 the first game. But just this, I think this one, we just played a little bit harder. I, you know, also, you know, not that it's an excuse, but we were on our home ice, which always we 
you know, well, not always, but theoretically we play better, but we weren't in that mile high air. Um, they didn't look as fatigued. They didn't look as flat. They look, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they much, much better effort. Um, so yeah, it hurts. We lost it stings, but not near as bad as when we played them in Colorado. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. It was, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a young er team, a not as experienced team, certainly not as experienced coach, um, against again, the, one of the top teams in the league and, you know, yeah, yeah I'm inclined to agree with you. If, if I would be shocked if Colorado doesn't win it this year or if they lose it, it's very close. You know what I mean? I but think they're I, at, I, the, at I a think, minimum, they're going to make the final. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They'll be, I the would final. be surprised if they don't come out of the West. Yeah. The East is a bit more a mess. Yeah. yeah. I liked Anna's pick from Florida. You know, it might be a pick for the East. It'll be interesting to see if they hold on. I would not be surprised if Florida repeats as, as the East champ. Um, but they, they might run into some problems. Um, if I think if they, if they run into the flyers in the first or second round, um, that's going to be a very interesting series. Um, cause you're going to have the, the rough and tumble Panthers versus, you know, John Tortorella, who knows how to get a team to lock it down in the playoffs. Um, so that's going to be a very interesting first round matchup. If that first or second round matchup, if that comes around, um, but it, it's all going to depend on the draw. And, yeah. uh, you know, so yeah, that, I, I would watch out for that, but I, I think Florida, uh, is, is, is good to come out of the East. I think, uh, if you want a dark horse, dark horse, uh, maybe Toronto, uh, also, you know, you know, they're, they're the <laughs> long running joke is they're, they're the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. You know, everybody, <laughs> they, their fan base seems to always think it's their year and it never turns out to be their year. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, but it, they're not it, quite yeah. as outspoken to be polite well, about as the depends Cowboys on, fans. Depends on where you go. Okay. Depends on where you go. Uh, um, they have they have a pretty pretty solid uh, presence on Twitter. For for sure. Well, I was being polite. I don't think <laughs> they're cocksure, arrogant. You know, hockey fans just a lot of times are just different. Everybody pulling out their thesaurus this weekend. <laughs> I know I just heard Anna's yesterday. Yeah. The um, yeah, uh, it it was interesting. I was happy to see they come back. You know, they're down two nothing. They could have folded. Yes. I thought they were going to fold. You know, they scored two goals right back, got themselves right back in the game. Fortunately, yeah. it's third, but then OV scores makes it four three, and then you know there's two empty netters that make it a lot worse looking than it really was. I mean, so they put this together a good effort. Uh, these are the type of losses you can build from. Uh, I think that they use some of that maybe as momentum into the next game, uh, which you kind of have to do uh, in the NHL and the grind of it, especially in the February. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's get into that birthday game uh, for Gil. Uh, you know, Mantha scoring first uh, was uh, fantastic. He's been playing great uh, as of late. Um, and 
I ended up not wearing my, I had the Mantha shirt right over there, but I ended up wearing, um, since we're doing an all-star and a capital CJ Oshi thing, so I'm wearing the CJ Oshi all-star. Uh, oh. so you're wearing, uh, I'm wearing the Oshi jersey. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I was so happy that Oshi got the next one, a power play goal, assist by Strom, and uh, Ovechkin kept his uh, point streak alive, as I was mentioning earlier. Because uh, I think it's important. I, I don't need Ovi to score a goal every night. Of course, I want him to, to break the record. Uh, you know, there is, um, I don't know if you saw the piece that came out that was translated um, this week about Ovechkin saying that this would probably be his last contract. Uh, yeah. I still stand by the fact that if in two years he's within 20 goals of, you know, the great one, I don't see why he wouldn't come back on a year-to-year contract basis. Um, but I don't know. I, it, he just doesn't seem like a guy that would quit so close. But um, yeah. it just depends on how close and how he's feeling as he gets, you know, up to that point, um, which is – um, you know, we have seen him slow down a little bit, but he is still on uh, quite a heater. Uh, I'm happy to say that, you know, I thought that when I, we had our show last week, that would jinx him and that would be the end of it. He was still able to score a goal, um, you know, in that uh, following game. Uh, so that was good. Uh, and so I believe it was six in a row um, that he had got a goal in. So in the end. I believe that's right. Yeah. So, and uh so that was a power play goal. It makes it 2-1. Uh, unfortunately, in the second period, they tied it. Uh, Sonny Milano, uh, a great goal. Um, so happy to see him back in the lineup. He's such a spark. Yeah, this was his first game back, right? Yeah, first yes. game back. He scored. Okay. You yeah. know, I still have my – I still haven't planted my Milano Chia head thing, so. Oh, nice. <laughs> You'll have to keep us updated in the spring I have time. to plant it at some point. I just haven't done it yet. Is there a better time of year to do chia pets? Or does it doesn't there, It's indoor, so you can pretty much do it anytime you want. Yeah. Um, Max Pacioretty uh, had his eighth assist of the season, and Joel Edmondson his third, uh, made it 3 2. Unfortunately, Nick Suzuki tied it on the power play uh, just you know a few minutes later. He is such a <laughs> great player. I mean, it sucks because we shouldn't have that, that call. I don't know. It's just. Some bad officiating. I'll let Gil rant in a second about the officiating in this game. Uh, but I'm so excited that Alexi Protus uh, got um, the the goal. He also had an assist on that Anthony Mantha goal in that first one. I thought he had uh, – I know he wasn't in the top three stars, but in my book, he was definitely a top three star in the game. I, I thought he brought his A game and some of the best stuff we've seen from him. And obviously getting the game winner, I was actually kind of shocked – um that uh you know and i believe mantha had a great game don't get me wrong he was the number one star but um right. I, don't, I don't know uh yeah because oshi he scored the one goal and that was right but it. they're saying 300 and it's also it's hometown well, yeah and he was and yeah, remember it's it the hometown goals. media that decides it so it's montreal's media not uh, oh okay yeah so uh, that's kind Gosh. of the fun thing about the three stars. People don't realize it's the hometown media. I had, I had no idea. Them. Yeah. Um, and that's why you get Nick Suzuki <laughs> in the second star, which it was a big goal. Don't get me wrong. But like, yeah, it was like, a huge but <laughs> uh, obviously that had an effect. So, um, yeah, uh, that was uh, a very exciting game. I have to say, Gil, I got very nervous after we lost our third lead. Because usually in hockey, 
if you blow a lead three times, you don't get a fourth opportunity. I mean, and that's not always the case. You know, sometimes you get lucky and you and you get it again. But there's something about where it's just getting sucked out of you, sucked out of you. And then, you know, it's tied again late in the game. The other team's been hanging around and they find a way to win, right? So it was really good that I that we buckled down even after giving up the lead three different times and got the lead four different times on your birthday. So that's uh, an, a difficult thing that people might overlook. Um, but uh, what were some of your thoughts on, on that game, Gil? Kind of like old time cartoons where uh, they get, they get, uh, they jump in the water and, and they go down for the third time and they, they don't come back up. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Or, the, or the rug is slipped out from under them. And it just keeps on happening. And they just don't trust it anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now I was, yeah, I was uh, a little nervous about that, but uh, you, you mentioned it before it was uh, in the Colorado game. Um, you know, they, they didn't give up. They, they came back from first two goals down and then pulled within one when they got the third goal. So, you know, some of that character that is finally starting to show for this team in that they're, they're coming together as a team and doing what is necessary to stay in the game. So that I think is key. And we mentioned this on the most recent episode. This is a pretty tight knit locker room. They don't want to see anybody go. So they're playing for their lives right now. Literally. Uh, They don't really want to see anybody traded out because, you know, the team, you know, the, the season's over. They have no hope of making the playoffs. They got a lot of life in them. And that's why you're going to see some fight. I don't know that they're going to get the result that they're going to get. There's a lot of tough teams they got to face here. We're going to talk about that down the road. But you're going to see a lot of effort, ramped up effort and fight in this team. And it was really great to see. And, uh, yeah, Anna and I were really pleased that uh, Protus uh, ended up getting what was the game-winning goal for sure. I think you're going to see a lot of good things from him. I love that kid. Real quickly, because I, I do want to get C4's thoughts on on this game and, and a bunch of stuff. Uh, but – there's a lot to unpack there, Gil, in the sense of what do we do about the future? I wish we had done better with this lineup and got that chemistry together during the easier part of the schedule. If you look ahead in the big picture, we have one of the most difficult remaining schedules in the entire hockey league. So it does yeah, not do yeah. us any favors down the stretch. We had to get good early with a new coach and a new system. So we kind of got screwed this year in a lot of ways in the scheduling department, uh, as that tends to seem to happen to us. But um, we didn't do well in the easy part. It's going to be hard to do really well in in the hard part and play catch up and jump a lot of teams uh so because it's Wouldn't not it be about, funny if we did though yeah <laughs> and, that, and talk about character you know driving if they could somehow sneak to eighth and then you know they've built their team through fortifying and and they did a little bit of that in 2018 if you remember they almost played themselves out of it uh and people wanted Holpe's head and Gruby came back and stole some games and we snuck in right you know people forget about that part of the story, but it was an important part because I think that it showed them grit and they were down in every one of those series. So they had to show that grit in the playoffs to come through in the end. So um, it's just interesting that you have to kind of build that character. Uh, It's just going to be really tough. Um, But uh, C4, what are some of your thoughts on this game? Um, In spite of the um, questionable at best (laughs) officiating, um, it was a lot of fun to watch. And what I particularly liked watching was after it was tied in the third period, we kept playing. We didn't play a lot of times this year. We played for overtime 
you know, we sat back and we're like, they're, they're like, we're just gonna let this game go into overtime. And we'll play overtime. They kept playing and it paid off. And hopefully they carry that on in future games because that, that was the best part for me was um, just the fact that they kept playing in that third period. They kept grinding. They kept getting, trying to get shots on goal. Um, they had the shot attempts. And the thing that I wanted to see though, cause that, and I mentioned this to Gil in, in, in a separate chat, they used to on the app have this thing called game flow, which kind of showed you how much time was spent in each zone. Mm-hmm. I found that very helpful. Um, and, and it was an interesting, it was an interesting thing for me to look at because we did spend an awful lot of time in the defensive zone, but I want to know exactly how much, cause I'm not sure. Cause a lot of times I'm like, are we really spending that much time there? Or is it just me? You know what I'm saying? It's it's hard to tell sometimes. It is. And that's why I really liked that game flow thing. So NHL app people, if you're listening, put that back. Yeah. Well, they didn't redo the whole thing. They just go back to last year's version and reboot, you know, like there was fine. And they they fucked it all up and I I hated that. And, you know, so like, uh, they really ruined the app. It was my favorite app and it's going to like top 10 least favorite apps now. Like as one of the largest (laughs) App plummets in my, you know, I never go to it anymore. I'd rather just go to Yahoo Sports at this point because it's so terrible. And um, yeah. it's disappointing because once upon a time, the Caps had their own app and they could decide what they wanted on it. And then they merged mm-hmm. with the NHL and the NHL slowly started taking away the parts you liked and part, yep. the parts you don't care about. And now yeah. they're really like, look at the NHL as a whole. Like, I don't give a fuck. I just want the Capitals. Like, stop. Yeah. Like, stop with your, right? like, exactly. like, shoving it down my throat. Like, yeah. care about the NHL. It's like, I don't care. Like, I do a Capitals podcast. Like, get over it. Like, um, it's frustrating. Uh, but, but, yeah, uh, but it was nice to see them keep playing when they tied it up in the third. So we didn't go into overtime because usually my – thoughts when we when it's tied up like that are like oh god here we not go over time but no it was a, all in all it was a fun game to watch um in spite of the questionable at best oh it had a good it had a good pace to it it had a great pace to it it wasn't there wasn't any point in the game where you're like, okay, guys, get it together, quit dancing around, and get some sort of a rush. There was 65 shots total on net in this game, right. and probably you know one and a half times that many, you know, actual shots directed towards the net. So yeah, good, good pace, good, you know, good entertaining game to watch. Yeah, for sure. I want to thank uh, Prestige for the gift sub um, uh, to the fearless leader of the web creative community, uh, low base guy. Uh, so thank you for that. And uh, thank you for everyone for tuning in across things. I know that we're live on many different platforms. we got Greg and Troy joining us on the True Radio Network Facebook page. I'm sorry that uh, it was a little harder to find. I did share it out to a couple of groups. Um, so hopefully oh, people are able to see that now. Um, and uh, so the only way Florida and Philly can meet in the first round is if one of them is a wild card, uh, which is which is true. Um, Philly could be a wild card, so that's very possible. Uh, I also, speaking of, there have been some scoring updates. Ottawa Senators defeat Tampa Bay Lightning four to two thanks to score by mm. uh, Also, Carolina Hurricanes defeat the Chicago Blackhawks six three. Wow, uh, no surprise. And, um, yeah. 
uh, yeah, so that is some of the scoring updates. Thanks to the Scorebot uh, for putting those into chat for me. I don't have to look them up, which is kind of nice. Um, and so, yeah, shout out to the Scorebot app, also Pokemon Community Game. Uh, later today, we'll be talking about uh, streaming and advice for streamers uh, as part of the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, people had some questions, and so I thought I would answer them live on air, and we might even clip that up in the separate how-to videos uh, for, for that. So stay tuned if you care about streaming on the uh, Twitch uh, channel uh, a little bit later, uh, teaching people how to add the Pokemon game to their stream, as well as things like uh, the sports bot, if people want to have that as well. So um, yeah, let's uh, get into the week ahead. Um, I was happy with the results. You know, we were hoping to go one-on-one -on -one going into this week. Uh, it's a big, big week for us. Uh, we've got three games to preview uh, and then kind of a, a talk about uh, what we're talking about next week on the podcast. Uh, the first one is the Devils, uh, who had an incredibly interesting game. Uh, I really liked what they did with the outdoor game this year, having two games at the same location. Uh, so they maximize the effort put forth because I always feel like you put a lot of effort into these things and you have one game and then it's kind of kaput. Uh, yeah. like, I think it's kind of smart to do two, um, you know, it gets more eyes on it, especially one was, you know, on one day, one was on the next day. So it's not the same day kind of thing. So the uh, rink has a chance to reset. Uh, they yeah. did have to delay it a little bit because a lot of direct sunshine on it, but that's fine. Delay it 45 minutes. Uh, was an incredible game between the Islanders and the Rangers in, in yeah. game two of that. Uh, we got a feel for the Islanders uh, and losing in that fashion to the Rangers. Um, I, I hate both teams, so it's hard for me to feel too terrible. But, uh, you know, I, it was disappointing that it went to overtime in some ways. I kind of wish the Islanders had won in regulation because they both uh, got points uh, in that. But uh, fantastic hockey game, and what a comeback for the Rangers and uh, for Panarin specifically. Now, I will say this. As much as I dislike the four-letter network, they did give a good explanation on why that goal at the end counted. Yeah, I agree. So people missed what happened. Uh, the net came flying off, but it was the defender that knocked it off. And uh, if you had watched the trajectory of the puck as it was shot, and it was already had left the stick, it would have gotten past the goalie if the net was in. And so they mm -hmm. said that that was a good goal. You can't just avoid a goal by knocking off the post, which is, you know, right. Legitimate, because people would just bump that thing all the time right before right. a goal. And I'm not sure he intentionally knocked it off. It was kind of hard to but, tell. But, but it doesn't really matter. He used the point one is, it, it was the, the – it yeah. wasn't necessarily one guy knocking him into it. He did no. it kind of of his own volition. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, I think he was trying to make it look like he didn't mean to do it, but, but – but and I don't Maybe think he, he meant to do it, but he coming in too fast. But that's still like yeah. you coming in too fast doesn't give you a pass. Right. But they said it was whether it was intentional or not. It doesn't matter if the defending right. team. Looks and that's and one that's, thing that they do have. That's one thing. As much as I don't like the commentary, if there is a rule question, they do actually have somebody there that explains the rule. So I do like that part of their broadcast. Um, but those games were fun to watch. I like, I love watching the outdoor games. They are just, I don't know, something about them is just, it just seems more natural if you, you know, I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. No, I, I agree. Um, 
Uh, and then, but the previous game, which is what I was starting with, uh, but it was an exciting yeah. thing in both games, was uh, uh, New Jersey played uh, Philly, and the Devils fans went wild. And I kind of love that the Devil, I don't know if you saw this, stole Gritty's clothes, right? Uh, I the, heard about it. I haven't, I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Pretty hilarious. They, they, uh, they went out, they went all out see, for that. Did for you that see one. what I, the Gritty and I, um, the, the other, the, the the, uh, the devil the new, threw the cake at the ranger guy, at the guy in the ranger's jersey. What <laughs> hit him in the face? I missed that, but I did see where they kind of uh, were, where they were. Uh, it, it was like pregame or something. They got together and they were throwing a ball into a trash can to see <laughs> who would who would make it, and they were cheering each other on. I did see that, and I, they went all out to hype this game up. Uh, they had they had the one team. They had Philly. All, Philly was all dressed up in the the Rocky sweatsuit yeah, outfit, and they were coming oh, yeah. off the bus. And the the Devils were all dressed as the so- Sopranos characters, and uh, yeah, it, it it was fun. Yeah, I thought that they did a really good job with it. And I think that's cool because all four teams are in that same area. And uh, it was interesting to see. It says it's the highest attended Rangers game uh, outdoors of all time. So, um, And the Rangers now move on to, I believe it's 6-0 and in outdoor games, which is the, now the yes. record. Uh, so Mario is now 1-3-1 in outdoor yeah. games. Interesting. Uh, he was 0-3-1 in outdoor games <laughs> until uh, yesterday. Yeah, interesting. I didn't even really put that together. But so um, New Jersey looked pretty good in that outdoor game against uh, Philly. I'll, I'll give them <laughs> credit. And uh, a lot of New Jersey fans at that game, you know, they really showed out. I, I don't know if I had seen that many Devils fans ever. Uh, but, you know, it was uh, impressive to see them come out and all the teams really fill that stadium because what a cool big stadium um to do for hockey uh so i thought that was it was a really cool event uh so i gotta give nhl props for that because i've kind of been so so on the winter classics lately um but i thought that they did this one right um even if it's not mm-hmm. technically a winter classic so um anyway we're playing the devils next uh so they'll be coming off of uh that game um which i hate playing uh, the devils yeah <laughs> because even if we go up on them they always find a way to make it interesting if not outright win i mean they started that game fast they they scored in the first 30 sec or 32 seconds in got mm-hmm. two goals in the first uh philly got one uh back uh, then they got two more goals and philly got one and then it was back and forth but yeah it's just uh, i don't know the devils are fast and they're a good team, and they should not be overlooked. Um, and uh, they'll have some momentum coming off that big win, um, for sure. Uh, so uh, yeah. it's going to be an interesting uh, matchup uh, in that one. Uh, and then uh, they're doing the Florida double dip. Uh, so Thursday, Saturday, uh, Tampa Bay first at 7. On Saturday at 6, uh, we got Florida, two very tough teams. That is always a really rough road trip um uh so if we can squeak one of those games and then next monday ottawa seven o'clock which means for the third period we'll be covering it live on this show next week right here so um yeah (laughs) exactly um it will be a a rough uh rough one i think but we'll see i mean we could beat ottawa i i think i don't know ottawa's pretty good i think marcus is going to that game oh nice um i haven't been cleared to go yet so okay. um, i'm still on ir in terms of attending games right yet 
We should have him go and zoom in but mute, and then we can have his feed as the live feed. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah nice. you definitely want him on mute if he's at, when he's at a <laughs> She so. said it, not me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be pretty funny if you had like a live I video. know him well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been to many hockey games with him. Now, now we all he's, not that bad. he's not that bad. He's really not that bad. Um, um so yeah so that'll be an interesting matchup so we'll start there with new jersey uh, gill and then the florida double dip into the ottawa game what are your thoughts on the road ahead i'm actually a little optimistic on the first two games um the, uh, the jersey we've actually played them pretty well uh i think if somehow we can duplicate the effort the first game where um they they were kind of held off for for the most part um except for a freakish second period um, I, I think they'll do well. Um, I, I'm, I don't think this is going out in a limb, but I would definitely say we have the edge in goaltending in this matchup. Mm-hmm. I don't care who they put in net, even if it's Vanacek. Um, but yeah, that we definitely have the edge in goaltending, especially if Lindgren starts, which I think he will. Um, I think he should. Jack, Jack Hughes is, is feeling it lately, but you know, I, I think, I think if you get a, a Tom Wilson or somebody that that really gets under can get under his skin, uh, I think um, Jack Hughes has got a lot of talent, but he's got uh, his maturity has been qual- called into question recently. So I, I think if, if you pester him enough, you can goad him into a stupid penalty. Uh, so there's that factor, I think. But yeah, you know, they definitely have the edge in goaltending. Uh, they still have uh, top quality uh, forward lines. Um, Heesher and uh, Hughes, as I mentioned, and uh, Tyler Toffoli, uh, I think, is still with them, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, uh, yeah, their their attack is something to be you know handled. But I, unlike Colorado, I think we've got a good we got a good shot at handling these guys. Um, because they ought to be doing better and they're not. So I'm optimistic about that, that game. Tampa Bay has looked vulnerable a lot. Uh, case in point, their most recent game against Ottawa. Um, I think they're going to treat the Caps the same way, like uh, you know we do with some teams, play yeah. down to the, the level of competition. So I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, of course, Steven Stamkos um, never really gets a whole lot of attention. He should, but he's he's having a pretty good year. Uh, so watch for him for sure. But yeah, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm not too down on this game, but uh, it, it can go either way. And then there's Florida and yeah, that, that we saw what they can do and they, they completely tilted the ice. And I, I'm not seeing that that won't be more of the same, but you never know. Yeah. No. I don't know. Well, I don't know. we have, won two of the three we've played against new jersey so far and we won them quite handily mm-hmm. i think if i'm looking at this let me get back here uh well the first one was six two six four but then we and four two so they've been fairly close they've been two point games then they beat us six three so it's not undo it's not that it's i'm with gill i think given our record with them we can beat them it's just a matter of we have to keep playing because new jersey will not stop uh we've seen it happen 
many times over the years. Uh, where kept they behind lead, the they've come back. Yeah, hmm? can't, can't get uh, get behind early. Oh uh, no, no. We have to start fast. And if we get ahead, we have to keep playing to stay ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Jersey, like, yeah, Jer Jersey's forward lines definitely. Yeah. They they've got more they legs. Go they got more legs on them than uh, ten chorus mm -hmm. lines. So they yeah they will outrace you as when they can. But if you can contain them and they can be contained, they can. Then, we've done it. Then you got it. The, right. Then you've got the edge. We've done it, and I think we can do it. And I think our defense has been has improved a lot over the last few games. Um, it's not far, still far from perfect, but it, they are playing a lot better. And we were only playing with five the other night or yes. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Well, building, well, right. It, well, exactly. I, I was just going to say, unfortunately, um, we're going to be without probably who's been the best overall all around defenseman all yeah. year in Ferrivari. Um, that, that bothers me, uh, quite a bit because they're, the official word on him is week to week, um, which is code for, well, it might be a week and then it might be a month. So we don't know what, but this can be a good thing in that it opens the door for an Alex Alexiev, who I yes. know, I know has been champing at the bit to get some ice time. And I uh, think it's high yeah. time he got some ice time. Um, Damn so straight. He's well rested. I I don't think he's really been that bad. I think he's just a victim of a numbers game. Honestly, mm -hmm. I think he's more deserving than Ethan Bear has been. If, uh, we're being, yeah. if we're being honest with ourselves. So I'd love to see him crack the lineup. Uh, and maybe, you know, if by then they decided to give up on Edmondson or, or we get a good offer on him, maybe if he's gone by then, you know, well, maybe, maybe call up. Well, well, he slots in for sure, but if if um, you deplete, oh, you exactly you deplete your bench lineup, maybe give Iorio a call up and see what he can do for a couple of games. Yeah, for sure. And he's been up, like he was up for a few games last year. He so. was, he was, and he, I, held but his I, own. he, he deserves his own. he deserves another look this year for sure. I think oh, absolutely agree. So I think New Jersey's doable. If we keep playing, um, I haven't paid as much attention to Tampa and Florida as Gil has. So other than knowing how we've played against them in the past, you know, again, it can go Tampa could go either way. Um, if we can contain Stamkos, I think because Florida Tampa doesn't really have anybody other than Stamkos really that can score. Um, we could, do they? Well, Braden Point is more of a setup guy. He can okay. score. He can hurt you by scoring goals, but he's more okay. of a oh, setup Kucherov. guy. So really, I forgot about oh, how can Kucherov, I forget Kucherov? Yeah, Kucherov, who, uh, who, yeah, uh, also yeah, Kucherov lead, you know, is, happens yeah. to lead the league in points, but right. And then know, of I course there's Vasilevsky. We, well, we, we've managed to get around. Let's see, they be they only beat us two one back in December. So yeah, I think I don't think you know, we, I don't can, think we can Tampa's, certainly keep up with them. Yeah, I don't think Tampa's going to be too big of a challenge, but um, they're they're uh, they're uh, Colorado light is what I like to call them. Um, okay. They've got weapons where if you fall behind to them too fast, uh, yeah, you you bury yourself. But yeah. they don't have they don't have that that lockdown. You know that 
intimidation factor right. that you know, they lock down the game after that. They really don't. Yeah. Um, so then, I think that can go either way for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, Florida is just Florida. You know, you've got Chuck and Verhage. Yeah. It, yeah. Florida, is, if, if they, I, I hate, they, yeah. they are, they totally are. And I, I hate to write this game off, but if the, if the caps lose, um, or hang within uh, no more than, than two, fall behind by no more than two at any point in the game, I think they should consider it a, a victory. But, yeah, yeah. I, I hate to write the game off, but I think that's the best well, they can hope for. The first game we lost 4-3 in overtime. In the second game we lost 4-2 in regulation. So not horrible losses. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not going back and looking at all the, the yeah, stats. It's a, for the it's of Florida, I I think if it was in Washington, I'd feel like they have a chance. I don't know. I'm yeah, kind of, in uh, Florida, yeah. So uh, I do I think it's... We we don't talk about standings that often, uh, but we do have a couple of moments more. Um, I just want to give people a sense of where things stand, where we are right now. Uh, Florida is the top of the Atlantic, followed by Boston and Toronto, and the top of the Metropolitan. We have the Rangers uh, with seventy-five points, followed by Carolina with seventy-one. So it's just two wins separate them. And then Philly is right behind them with 65. Uh, and then the Devils have 60, Islanders 58. We have 56, Pittsburgh 55. So it's all still very close. And Detroit. Yeah, and we, and we have some game. We have games in hand on all these guys. So uh, we, have games in hand, we have games in hand on the Rangers. We have two games in hand on the Rangers, Carolina. Three yeah. games in hand on Philly. And a game in hand each on New Jersey and the Islanders. Right. So. And also not Detroit too. They have we have two games on hand over them, and they're actually the mm -hmm. last wild card spot at sixty four. Right. So that would be you know sixty to sixty four if we get wins. But again, we so, talked about earlier. It's just gonna be tough to get these wins against some of these really tough right. teams. Right. So exactly, we're heading. So I mean, there there's a chance we could sneak in. We're not that far out if you look at that whole big picture. But again, like you said, and like Gillis said, we've got. You know, we've got the challenging teams coming up now. We've got the Florida, we've got the Jerseys, we've got yeah. Ottawa shouldn't be too bad. Detroit shouldn't be too horribly bad. But then we've got Philadelphia. We've got Pittsburgh coming up in March. We've got uh, da, 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 da. Winnipeg, Seattle, Vancouver, Toronto, Carolina. Carolina's coming up in April. We got Boston coming up actually or at the end of March and in April. So not, um, not to jump. Yeah. Not to jump too far ahead, but that, that yeah. West coast, that West coast trip is going to be real make or break time. Oh yeah. Uh, but it's a big opportunity right now. You got New Jersey Devils sitting at the third wild card spot, top two make it Tampa Bay in the number one wild card spot. So this week you're trying to jump teams here. You have head to head. You can beat them in regulation. That will, you you know, it's, a, it's a, it's a four point swing. If you beat them in regulation, you know, it's two points. Right. They're not getting in two points that you are. So these are right. big teams in the wild card standings, you know, race. Um, and that's really kind of what I think we should be aiming for. I, I think getting to be a top three at this point would be difficult, but uh, yeah. it would be a lot better if we could get out of the wild card. But uh, yeah. it's, it's so we got a total of six points on the line coming up. I'll be happy if we get four. I'm looking for four. Four, three. I'd be happy even with three. Yeah. We take somebody over time. 
I agree. Yeah. Heck, I'd be happy if we got all three to overtime and win one, you know? Like, yeah, if you, if there you, you go. Yeah. Five, you know, like that would That'd be, be good. It'd be a huge. Yeah, so, then you get what, five? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, whatever. No, well, it's four. You're right. Uh, but anyway, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, it'll be interesting. Well, I think we've uh, kind of uh, done it for our hockey talk segment. Uh, Gil's podcast is wonderful. You should definitely go give it a listen, especially his rant over the re- of the refereeing in the second yeah. game, which we didn't fully get into in today's uh, podcast. Uh, but um, I think he does a good job of p- literally putting their names out there, putting a spotlight on them, and talking about – uh how it, it really almost threw that game and uh i'm happy that the caps were able to face not only adversity with having multiple leads get extinguished but also against the refs that were did everything in their power to, to try to extinguish uh their chances in this game so yeah uh, no kidding but uh anyway it's a, it a great lesson it's not too long it's only a, a 42 minute 43 minute uh show um and so mm-hmm. people it's funny. I actually, what I love to do is I listen to it to double speed, which sort of takes out all the pauses between it. <laughs> I do it while I'm driving. And so it's, you know, it gets right in there and you get it done in 25 minutes. It's great. And, you know, I get all the big highlights. I had all my thoughts for tonight's show. Uh, it's a fantastic way to sort of summarize it and get it in there. That's one of the advantages of listening back versus live shows. Cause there's going to be us and ums and pauses. Um, so I do like that about audio podcasts. I, I'm not, I'm not going to complain except, uh, well, I, I sound like Alvin Simon and or Theodore. If I you think do you that. actually sound great if, when you do it, <laughs> if you actually did it. Cause uh, Podbean, give them credit. They actually have, um, a speed up function. They do. They do. Do that and it plays it nicely and it just literally takes out the breaks, which is what I, you know, what you want. So, um, so kudos to them for figuring that out. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so I'm going to let C4 give her final thoughts. And then, Gil, any final thoughts? And once again, happy birthday, Gil, uh, to you as well. But C4, what are your final thoughts? Um, All in all, pretty good week for the Caps. I mean, not the best, not the worst. Um, I'm happy with the effort they put out and stuff. Um, Mentioning podcasts, we kind of touched a little bit, danced around trading. Um, Marcus on his uh, uh, Capitals Off Their Chains podcast, which is on Spotify, did the other night a very mini solo podcast his thoughts on the upcoming trade deadline um but uh i'm i'm sort of on ir for that one so i haven't been on there in a couple weeks but um that one's sort of posted at random but all in all i'm looking forward to the week ahead i think we're looking forward to some good games if the boys keep putting out this effort and even if we lose as long as they keep putting out that effort and keep playing and playing hard i'm going to be very happy with them so I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy to see you. I, I would love to see us. I would love to see us sneak into the playoffs. I I honestly don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see it. Yeah, I would too. Uh, mostly because it's more fun to cover the playoffs if we're in it. Uh, but uh, you know, I I would like to just to show that effort that we can you know be gutsy and get us in there, even if we don't make a run. Uh, maybe makes it seem like they made the right choices with some of these guys. And I know there's a lot of question marks surrounding this yeah. team, a lot of people. And so uh, I, I would love those question marks to at least get answered with, Hey, we made a run at it with, we did the best we could with who we got. Um, and uh, that's as a fan, that's all you can really hope for. Uh, mm-hmm. And if, if you're a fan, that's not outrageous. <laughs> I'm like some fans, 
throw out some crazy things online. But um, I, as someone who's gone through it, like the, you know, the three of us have over the course of, you know, 25 plus years, um, you know, it's, uh, you got to be even keel about it. We've gone through much worse scenarios. And oh, yeah. you know, it's if, sometimes you read some of these cap groups and just everything is falling apart. Uh, and it's not the yeah, case. Yeah, I've kind of dropped a bunch of them. Yeah. I think I'm only like in two or three now. Yeah. I, uh, you're smart. I, I shouldn't read it. I, I like to get the pulse of it. So I went for the podcast to understand, you know, where the fans are at with it, but holy moly. Sometimes I, <laughs> sometimes I wish I didn't know. Uh, so, uh, but uh, C4, thank you for joining us and uh, maybe we'll have you thank back you. on uh, for the watch along party uh, next week. Uh, if you're willing to, uh, I understand because sometimes people don't like to have the camera on them when they're watching you know, exciting third periods. So I never uh, make that one a uh, mandatory. So we'll, we'll talk. I'm going to have to mute a, few, a little bit or if I turn <laughs> the camera off or mute, you know, yeah. Yeah, there you know, we'll know. So, or I'll just do, you know, the finger does off camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but maybe we'll see you next week. Maybe not. But thank you for coming on this week. And uh, we'll mm-hmm. thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Yep. And Gil, final thoughts from you. Um, if we're doing the watch along next week, I'll be, uh, uh, practicing Santeria, um, maybe burning some incense. Um, maybe that'll kind of wreck backwards, the juju. Backwards ball caps, you know, like the, the, old, the yeah, the juju <laughs> that we've been having, but in all seriousness, uh, I echo what C4 said about this team. It's not, it it's yeah. On paper, they're not probably not going to get it done but this is where the how they've been playing the last week and a half is what i've been looking forward to and i've been trying to get caps fans to look forward to and see all year long they finally hit that stride so i'm i'm really optimistic in what they can do maybe they won't get the result that we want but it's what they can do and what the effort that they put forth that and how they get there that everybody needs to keep their eye on Okay, one right before we go, I realized that we did miss talking about one piece of news and notes, uh, and that was a waiver line uh, acquisition uh, that where a Penguins team picked up one of our uh, former players. I, I do want to get Gills. He didn't have a particularly good game in his one game uh, for the Penguins uh, so far. What What are your thoughts on him not making it to the Hershey Bears? Um, I was I was a little surprised, but then again, it is the Penguins and. Um, I think part of it, uh, uh, the most part of it was, uh, the fact that Jake Gensel just went down with an injury. Um, Matt Phillips is no Jake Gensel by any stretch, uh, or in any league (laughs) or yeah. Um, but that, that had most to do with it. I think, uh, I got, I can't help but think also that they were trying to stick it to the caps by saying, ha ha, we got this guy who used to play for you and we're going to figure out what he knows and what he can do. And we're going to use it against you, especially since they've got a game coming up uh, against them in about two, three weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised if they keep him just long enough to get through that game. And then they try to put him back to the waiver wire and we reacquire him and put him in Hershey. Which is a possibility. Yes. So we get first right of refusal back and he then goes straight to Hershey. We don't have to put him through waivers again for people who don't know how that works because it is slightly complicated for the average. You got to wonder if there isn't some deal going on in that background for whatever reason they couldn't put him in. Why why wouldn't, why couldn't he, why was there a reason he couldn't go to Hershey? I mean, 
They could have. They just they needed a body, so they picked him up. Right. No, I mean, so I know I know I'm cutting into time a little bit for your next segment. I apologize. So explain to me kind of how someone like we why why was he put on waivers instead of just sent down to Hershey? Is okay. So I, I'll, I'll explain that real quickly. So uh, the the waiver basically. Um, Certain players have contracts that are two-way contracts where you can directly send them down no matter what. Uh, If you don't have that contract, different levels of contracts exist based on how much it is valued at. And so uh, it'll have an impact. So you have to basically say, hey, anybody, do you want to take it at this higher value? And you get to claim him right now and he goes right to your team. Or if no one does, then he gets a rated part of that salary to play for your minor league affiliate team. I think that's right. Well, that—that's. Uh, I'd say that's about ninety-five percent correct. There's a little other caveat in there, in that uh, amongst the levels you mentioned, there there are some players that are uh, waiver exempt, and um, depending upon which category that you mentioned that they fall into, that's how it largely breaks down to. And Phillips just happened to not fall into that category because of the structure of his contract. Okay. So, so, it's a con- so it's- that's why. So yeah. short version is it depends on how their contract's written. Right. So that so okay. if you put a guy through waivers and he's not waiver exempt, then any team can claim him. Um, but like Robbie said, uh, within 30 days, if if they put him back, Pittsburgh puts him back on waivers, we have right of f- first refusal uh, and then we can claim him back. And if we do, um, which is, I'm assuming they would, they put him back in Hershey. Okay. You don't have to bring him back to the big – Right. Thing, which is gotcha. the part that okay. for anybody. Gotcha. Yeah, there you go. No, I'm happy that we discussed it because it's not something that is often discussed on this show, podcast in general. It's not a topic that is widely. And it's not uh, something I, you know, when I do hear about it, it's not something I fully am. So that's yeah. why I appreciate places like this. People can ask those questions. So. Yeah. No, that's why we created this podcast. So it's not you. You talk for three minutes, and I hang up on you, and I talk about your question. Uh, so you know that's how most radio works uh, in this um, you know area. So uh, I appreciate us being able to have a more long form conversation to talk about some of these things. So I think that they're important to get out there and understand. And that's why I didn't want to um, not at least address it in today's uh, podcast because it is important in the sense that now the Penguins do have some intel on us and. It'll be interesting to see uh, if that means anything. You know, Matthew Phillips, I never particularly liked. Um, he's too small, and he just got beat off the puck too many times, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, I, I wish him well. It's nothing, and I hope that we somehow find a way to get him back uh, to Hershey because having his speed on that team, I think, would be a different scenario because, you know, in, in AHL, it's not, you know, it's a little bit of a different game. Uh, so I think he would actually do – better in in that scenario um but we'll we'll see how it goes but uh so thank you for bringing up the question i i appreciate that um and and with that i think we will end the hockey segment but i will say everyone go check out gil's podcast happy 50th birthday and gil any yes. final thoughts before we uh we end this segment i am arthur king of the britons and c4 is the <laughs> black knight and i've already slashed her arm off so if anybody's wondering She's about to scratch <laughs> <laughs> sorry i like it i like sorry it. not happy sorry. belated birthday no, Gil. Oh. thanks champ yeah <laughs> thank you guys so much <laughs>
All right. Good night, guys. Good night. Um, so we're going to bring in Champ and um, we're uh, going to put in uh, some talking about all-star graphics. I don't have an all-star graphic uh, for uh, this. You don't, need it. you don't need it. We don't, we don't need it. Yeah, we're, we'll be fine. Uh, but Champ, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Like I got to watch uh, All-Star Saturday. I, I recorded it just for the purpose of hopefully talking about it on this podcast. And then I watched it today. And man, that that was the most fun All-Star Saturday for M- NBA that I've seen in years. Like that was it was so much fun to watch. Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch it myself. I was I had such a it's funny. I had like a weekend where we didn't do anything like a staycation. And yet I found myself extremely busy. Um, but it was good. <laughs> I got. Uh, a lot of good family time. Saw my parents, um, you know, so the kids. We uh, saw some friends of mine. Zach got to play with all of his kindergarten friends on the Friday. He had a, a five-day weekend. I had a four-day weekend because uh, our school does a thing called Heads Holiday on the other side. And then we also had a professional development day before that. So the kids uh, got a nice long break, uh, which is really good for them. Uh, Zach was able to beat some video games, uh, earn a lot of chore points, work on some Legos, uh, do lots of creative stuff with me, and we busted out the old GameCube. One of my best friends from high school who I used to play GameCube in college with was playing with him on the GameCube, and they were playing uh, tennis and Smash together. And so it's just such a 20-year a callback. It's like from 2004 all over again, so it was fun. What, yeah. ga- what games on the GameCube do you have? Because I used to own the GameCube. Yes. So I, uh, my favorite games, sports games is Mario Tennis. I was always a big Mario Tennis guy. I also was a big Smash Brothers guy. Uh, so I got Melee. Uh, we have a couple other games, uh, some fighting games. Um, you know, tech, uh, I liked um, uh, Soul Calibur uh, because it was like Tekken, but you got a sword. And they like on the GameCube one, it was really cool as a special edition. You got to play as Link which is awesome, like Link in a fighting game. I mean, you get to play Smash, but like in a classic fighting game was cool. Um, so that, uh, I have Time Splitters, I think, or um, actually, hold on, I have, I have it right here. Um, it's the room that it's on. No, because what I was going to say is like, if you have GameCube, I will gladly drive 45 minutes to your house and we can play GameCube, like for real. Yeah. This is awesome. I have Hits 2002. It's a classic one with Yager. Um, and uh, we got Melee. I got Bloody Roar, which is a good fighting game. We got X-Men uh, Next Dimension, uh, Time Splitters. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, X-Men Legends 2. That was a fun game. There was the Soul Calibur game. Uh, and then in there right now, I've got uh, Mario Golf as well. So unfortunately, my uh, Double Dash disc broke a long time ago. That's the one that I miss. And I do have a Mario soccer game around here somewhere, but I, I don't know where it is. I still have I'm my, a, my Wii. I'm going to keep it real. I like Because I was at my parents' house yesterday, and I'll talk about that throughout this segment. But um, I still think I still have GameCube games in my parents' in my, in my parents house. I just got to find them. I don't know if they got rid of them or not, but the next time I go over there, I'm going to look, look for them. For sure. They're going mean... to most likely be in the basement, so I'm going to look for them because if we still have them, trust and believe, one day I'm going to come over there with my oh, yeah, for sure. games, and we're going to have a GameCube day. I also have this really cool adapter uh, at the bottom that turns any Game Boy game you can slide into it, and it's a disc that you put in. That disc now goes on eBay for like $70 to $100 because no one has it. Everyone has the base, but everyone lost the disc. 
disc. And so like right. everyone needs the disc to make the bass work. And I found, I was like, oh, I'm missing it too. And then the other day I found the disc. I was like, holy moly. So like the, it was uh, pretty cool because you can put like literally any Game Boy game. You could play like old school like Pokemon even on the TV that way. So like that's um, a, a pretty cool uh, adapter. So yeah, I, I've been having fun playing uh, games, a lot of Mario games with him and uh, stuff like that. So if anyone's uh, tuning in, um, you know, we're more having a, a low-key one. We don't have too much, you know, the Wizards, um, you know, haven't been playing particularly well. So I thought that it'd be fun for Champ and I to do a one-on-one. We don't get to do this very often, uh, but talk a little bit about wrestling. Uh, also the NBA uh, All-Star Game. So I'll have Champ break down all of the different segments and what he liked about them. Uh, and then, uh, uh, well, I'll definitely go back and check out some of the video highlights a, a little bit later on some of that stuff. But, uh, Champ, um, let people know. Uh, so I assume they have the skills competition, the rising stars, the three-point shooting, and the dunk competition? So so basically, All-Star Saturday was the skills competition. It was the three-point shootout. Uh, then it was a special, a, a unique first time ever NBA versus WNBA three-point shootout, and then it was the dunk contest. The three-point shootout, NBA versus WNBA, was really, really awesome to watch. Um, Hang on, I'm going to get the young lady's name really quickly because it was really good. So it was Steph Curry going uh, of of the Golden State Warriors going up against Sabrina Ioskio of the New York Liberty of the WNBA. Uh, The reason why she was picked... Yes, oh. it was one on one. It was one on one, and they picked Sabrina because of the fact that of her performance in the WNBA All Star three point shootout, I believe, a year ago. And so they decided to come up with this idea of having uh, NBA versus WNBA. And so they had um, they 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 were playing for uh, for charity charitable organizations, and they were playing for a championship belt. And um, so. It was a it was a really really good competition. Sabrina came out the gates hot, like she made she was like just a shooter. She was just making just buckets on buckets on buckets, but she kind of like lost it at towards the end, and that gave Steph a chance. Like he wasn't as consistent, but towards the end, he got hot at the right time and made as many at the end to in order um, because at the end on the um, I believe it was the right wing was his money ball wing. Where he had all money balls, and he made four out of five money balls on on the last on the last rack to win the to win the competition, and uh, win it. But I think that they're going to continue to do this, and they should because of the fact that it's it would definitely integrate the WNBA into the mindset and into the eyes of the NBA fans because the WNBA has been doing some good stuff, man. You know they've been doing good. They be, they do some good stuff. And they have some talent, and so I think that the NBA fans should see that sort that that talent. And doing that sort of competition every year during All Star break would be great. But no, that was the that was one of my favorite parts. Um, the skills competition Real was quickly, really. I do want yeah. to ask: Do you think it would have been better if you could have had maybe top three women and top three men do like an initial competition and the winners top men versus top women then battle. So that way you could showcase maybe more than just one or two in the game. I mean, that is something you could do, but again, this is something very, very new. Like this is the first time that this has happened on, uh, in on all-star weekend. So I'm sure they want to start, you know, yeah, there's, the there's this thing called that would be smart to expand you know, it that way. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to start, you got to lay the foundation before you build up. So yeah. I think that it was good that they would do one-on-one first between Steph Curry, who's known as the king of the three-point shot, and Sabrina, who set the world on fire with her three-point uh, shootout performance in the WNBA All-Star Game. So I think this is a good foundation to build upon to maybe go to having the best three-point shooters from the WNBA and the best three-point shooters from the NBA going at it and then determining and things like that. So I think that this is a good way to build that up, uh, in my opinion. Because I was thinking, like, WNBA has their all-star break, um, you know, in the season before, obviously, during the WNBA. But maybe, like, the top three that advance also come to the NBA all-star one. So they still decide a champion at that moment, but like top three all get a chance to do it, you know, and then, you know, again on a different day, you know, in the, and then that way you could have those three compete one round to decide who goes on to the finals and the men top three, you do the same thing. And then you still do the one V one, but that's like the culmination. I just think that that could, uh, I like having multiple rounds. I don't know how many rounds they were able to shoot uh, in this, but I know that there's one. Yeah, because there's a couple of rounds of it. There's a preliminary round, and then there's the championship round. I always like that because you see sometimes a fall off, or sometimes they get hotter in the second one. And so I think that if you had it this way, with top three advancing, and then you know a champion, you get to see them do it twice. And I think that right. that yeah you know, be a little. Well, well, this year's three-point shootout, it was, they had six, was no, it was eight. They had eight uh, shooters in the uh, in this year's competition, and it actually came down to a tiebreaker because it was four, it was a four-way tie at the top. So they had to do a 30-second tiebreaker to determine who would be the top three to go to the finals, right? And it ended up being uh, Trey Young, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and Damian Lillard, uh, of course, Towns won it two years ago. Trey Young has been is always usually at the top of it, and of course, Dame's the defending champion. But they had to had to go to a uh, to a a shootout to determine who was going to make it. Uh, the person who was left out of that coming uh, falling short, if I can see it, um, it would be uh, Tyrese Halliburton who actually pulled double duty on this night because he was part of the skills challenge along with uh, Trey Young. So Trey Young and Halliburton actually did double duty. They were in the skills challenge, and then they were right back out doing the three-point uh, shootout. That's great. That's awesome. Um, bring us uh, through the dunk competition. Was it good this year? Some years it's awesome. Some years it falls flat. What, what did you thoughts on uh, this year's dunk competition? Okay, so the, this year's dunk competition, Shaq got ducked over at least twice. Twice people used Shaq to try to jump over him to, dunk, to do dunks, which was crazy. But Mac McClung, who repeat as champion, his final dunk in the finals against Jalen Brown, he had Shaq hold the ball up here and was standing, was standing up pretty much his full height and he jumped over him and did it backwards and got all 50s across the board from the judges to win and yeah. it was pretty it was like the dunk contest was pretty lit um the first time that someone dunked over Shaq uh I forgot who it was but Shaq had was doing what was called Shaq cam where he had two cameras one pointing 
this way and one as a selfie. And it was funny that they showed the replay of the dunk with Shaq, with the Shaq cam and his glasses almost got knocked off by the person ducking over him. Uh, but the second time that Shaq was used for the dunk with, uh, with McClung, Shaq was actually wearing McClung's high school jersey. Oh, my God. He was wearing his high school jersey, but there were some really pretty, like really good dunks uh, in this one. A lot of like a lot of creativity. Um, one of the things that kind of took me away from the dunk contest after guys like uh, Kobe Bryant and uh, Vince Carter and stuff like that was the creativity. But they got pretty creative when it came to the dunk contest and things like that. Um, but the fact that Mac McClung, who is six feet two inches tall, was able to jump pretty much almost over, like almost clear over Shaquille O'Neal seven one and do what he did was absolutely incredible. But the dunk contest is really fun. Um and I have a quick question. I, and, uh, yeah. Uh have you watched um uh, Shaq's new podcast? I have not. Yes. I, I have not. not until this week. I freaking loved it. I saw it. he had Jason Kelsey on one and oh my God, the two of them together. I was like, Oh man, I need to subscribe to this podcast immediately. So I'm a, people don't know this. I'm a huge Shaq fan. Um, so uh, I didn't even know this podcast existed until it was showed up in my mentions on, on YouTube. Um, I think it's called like the big podcast or something like that. And um, let me just make sure that that's right uh yeah the big podcast and um yeah it's uh interesting the big podcast. well little, little known fact about champ is that my favorite all-time nba player was shaquille o'neal oh yeah i mean yeah one of my all-time favorites too just his dominance on when he was with orlando and then him as a team with Kobe and in the Lakers, I love that. You know, three peat. You know, it's still one of my favorite time periods yeah. in NBA history. Um, yeah. and, and it is called the Big Podcast. And in a week, it's already got 1.2 million views, uh, and he's shot up over 15,000 subscribers from this one podcast. I think. Uh, so uh, definitely go check it out. It's his eighth episode of it, and they do clips and do other stuff like that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a good it's an hour long show. There's a million ads and ad reads that he does. Uh, but if you get past all of that, uh, it's an entertaining <laughs> time because you get to hear a lot of insight in, into both um, uh, Jason Kelsey's and into Shaq um, and winning championships and what it's like. And also Jason talks about losing championships, which is an interesting uh, thing that is not often talked about uh, on podcasts. So, Robbie, uh, really quickly though, one thing to note about this year's dunk contest. This year, it was only four competitors in it, and they each got two dunks, and the top two ended up making it into the finals. Uh, but the crazy thing is that McClung is not even on the Orlando Magic. He's part of the G League uh, with the Oscola with the Oscola Magic. So he was he came in as a defending champ, but not even on the NBA roster. And uh, Jacob Toppin, who was the other uh, one of the other ones that was part of this, the uh, competitors were uh, Jalen Brown from the Celtics, uh, Jaime uh, Jaquez Jr., who's a rookie with the Miami Heat, uh, McClung, who's the defending champion, who's playing in the G League, 
and uh, Toppin, who's actually a part of the uh, Westchester Knicks G League team. So you had two G Leaguers in this dunk contest. And um, of course, uh, Jaquez and Toppin were eliminated in the first round. They did have some pretty decent dunks. They had some pretty good dunks, though. Like I said, this dunk contest was actually a lot of fun to watch, but um, but the but Jalen Brown and and McClung were were definitely standouts in, in this dunk contest. They've brought G League people up uh, for the All Star game before, which I like because they should showcase all the talent that's in you know the rising stars and the in the whole pool. You know, it shouldn't just be you know you know shout out to LeBron for his twentieth All Star game, but it shouldn't just all be about him. You know, it should be about some of these rising stars and up and coming players. And he was a defending champion, so he deserves to be able to, you know, go back and, and show what he's got. And he repeated. So I'm happy that they gave him an opportunity and they don't be like, oh, you're not on an NBA roster right now, you know, because who knows? They could get pulled up at any time. Uh, so they're still part of the system. And I think it's a cool way to showcase the talent in the G League that probably doesn't get an opportunity to get shown quite as often. Um, and uh, so I, I do like that. You don't see that in a lot of other leagues, though. So shout out to the NBA for doing that right. Um, and yeah. – uh, um yeah so if anyone wanted to know the final result of the actual game itself um the east did uh, i saw the result holy crap yeah no defense over 200 points scored by the east um which is uh kind of crazy i did not watch it but i would have rooted for the east so i'm happy that the uh uh, the east represented it's tough because there was like no wizards on the eastern squad uh, so it's hard to get super excited about an all-star game in that situation. Um, but one of the highlights, that's, that's the, that was the, that was one of the prevailing thoughts I had as I was watching all-star Saturday is like, there's not a single reason even, even participating in these skills challenges, the three point, uh, shootout, the dunk contest, none of that. It was like, that's, have anybody how, in the, that's how bad. Do we have anybody in the rising stars game or it's not even that? I don't even think we had anybody in the Rise of Stars game anyway. But I did want to make this other point about All-Star Saturday was the skills competition, was the skills challenge in which this was the third year in a row that they went to three-man teams where you had the host city or host uh, NBA team field a team of three. Uh, But this year it was a team of what they call first picks and then you had a team, a three-man team of all-stars. And excuse me, for the third year in a row, the team that is hosting All-Star Weekend won the skills competition. And the skills competition was really fun to watch because of the of what they have to do, because they have three different challenges they have to do. They have to do this like obstacle course where they have to pass, they have to go through this obstacle course, they have to make this little uh shot from um inside the paint. Then they have I mean, it was really cool. And the Pacers team, which was uh, Halliburton, uh, Benedict, Methroon, and uh, Miles Turner, uh, they did well with the first two ta- challenges. They won the first two challenges, hands down, which was the obstacle course and then the passing drill where they had to do different passes through the uh, through, uh, through the apparatuses. But the third challenge, which was the shooting challenge, was uh, won by the all-star team which was um, Scotty Barnes from the Raptors, uh, Tyrese Maxey from the 76ers, and Trey Young from the Hawks. It went to a tiebreaker, which the tiebreaker was 
how long would it take before a team makes a half-court shot? Uh, the All-Star team went first, and it took them 58.8 seconds to make a half-court shot. Next thing you know, the Pacers came out, and they did it in in 38 seconds. They managed to make a 38 second managed to make a half court shot in 38 seconds with Tyler Halliburton making it with a nothing but net uh, half court shot to win the competition. That was one of the most exciting parts of All Star Saturday. And it was the first thing out the gate before even before the three point shootout and what uh, Dame De- Dame Dollar did uh, winning it pretty much on his last shot. Uh, to repeat as three-point champion, trying to be like, hopefully he gets to come back next year and try to do what uh, someone like Larry Bird did uh, way back when, and that's three-peat as a three-point cha- uh, uh, three-point champion uh, in three uh, three consecutive years. But I, I really, really, just an overall thing before we move on. Again, I don't, I don't watch a lot of All Star weekend activities and any sport is just it just never really interests me but this year something just told me like you know what i want to watch this just to see how it's going to how it's going to play out and be able to come here to sports on the hill and talk about it and i'm glad i did because i had a lot of fun like there were a few times i was literally laying in my bed watching the game watching this unfold and i actually had to stand up because i'm like what's going to happen what's this what's going on this and the third that hasn't happened for me with like all star stuff in a long time. So um, I'm hopeful that McClung comes back next year to try to repeat for the dunk championship. And I hope that Dame Dollar uh, returns next year to try to repeat for the three point contest because that will be really compelling uh, television to see if they can repeat because it's, it's it hasn't really been done uh, very often. So it will be great, a great storyline for all-star weekend next year. If those two could return to try to three P, but that's all I have. I got, I, I just gotta just say, Robbie, you definitely want to go back and, and watch it. Cause it, it was definitely a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. So uh, one thing I also want to point out, I think for the first time ever, uh, the MVP of the all-star game, um, was the champion of the three-point competition. Usually they're two separate people. And uh, Lillard scored 39 points, and he was the MVP. Also, the Eastern Conference, I just thought in general, played much better as a team. Um, And they eclipsed the 200-point, and the game had a record 397 points. They almost broke the 400 combined um which is I, even if you don't play defense it's still impressive just to even be able to put up 400 points in that time period you know like it's just as uh <laughs> it, it shouldn't be overlooked too much just in, in how impressive that is to put up that kind of scoring um so um uh, i wish they'd play a little more defense or i probably care a little bit more but um you know, I, I'm happy that yeah. That's that's it. the reason why I don't watch because they don't play defense. It's it's not competitive. It's, you know, most most fans would be are fine with that sort of play, but me as a, a competitive person myself, I want to see like some kind of competition. I want to see them try. You know, and, and that's curious. that's why I don't really watch All Star games. I bet you the night before his broadcast probably pulls in about the same number. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot more people pull into a game that doesn't really matter, you know, like, so, uh, cause I do think that people 
enjoy the skills competition more, just like you said. I that's always my favorite part too. So I'll definitely go back and uh, rewatch all of that. And so I appreciate you for coming on and being able to break it down uh, for our listeners. Um, I do want to switch gears a little bit um, and uh, talk a little bit of wrestling. Um, uh, I know there's been a ton of news, um, especially uh, there's some big matches even though tonight. I'm sure that you're DVRing it. I'm not even watching it over there, so that way I don't spoil anything. Um, but it's been interesting, especially on SmackDown uh, with The Rock coming back and playing heel. Um, I, I think that that's always fun. Uh, people who, some people are surprised by it that are maybe newer wrestling fans are like, wait, this is not the rock we see on, you know, uh, in movies and stuff like that. But, uh, people that are old school rock fans uh, know that he, you know, was a badass in a time and, you know, did not, you know, and that, especially in that attitude era, uh, which is my favorite time in, in wrestling. Um, and, uh, so it, it's fun to see him. I didn't expect him to join the bloodline. I still think that he's going to betray um, him just because I don't think he likes to be second fiddle to anybody. Um, just that's not right. Funny up. you mention that. It's funny yeah. you mention that. Okay, so uh, Donnie Wrestling, who was one of our uh, co-hosts for the podcast before he uh, got into the medical field and his schedule took him away from the podcast, actually pointed out in our group chat after uh, SmackDown. Uh, this past weekend that there were a couple of little Easter eggs that rock kind of threw out there during his promo on SmackDown uh, that kind of could give away that he might, that he could turn on Roman and cost him uh, the the uh, WWE undisputed universal championship at WrestleMania. The first one was that when he called Cody a loser, he pointed at Roman, mm-hmm. right? And then when he said that he was part of the bloodline, they were going out, they were going off the air. When you put up the one finger to acknowledge Roman as a tribal chief, Rock did this. The L. <laughs> okay. So that's something to pay attention to um moving forward. But back to the rock and this heel, this heel run that he's trying to go on. Basically, he's combining his time in the corporation which was in late 98 into uh which was in uh late 98 into 99 as well as his hollywood persona when he returned in uh 2003 uh so he's combining both of those and really leaning into both of those and i mean when i saw this promo i said man hollywood rock is back and then i thought about i know like, it's hollywood rock and corporate and corporation rock all combined and it's just the perfect combination and it he it, it works it works because when Cody originally stepped aside and not decided to finish his story at WrestleMania the fan outrage was absolutely over the top online like everybody hated the fact that the possibility of Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania was a thing right and so Rock being someone who's bit who's like he he has a he's built for this business. I mean, his grandfather and his father were part of his business, and so it, so he knows he knows how 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 to pivot. He knows how I'm to. I'm so happy he came back to it though because he's such a big movie star now. He could have like never looked back, right? I mean, it would have been so easy for him. 
you know, his highest paid movie star, does every movie imaginable, but he still came back, wanted a place in it. And I know that a little bit of this is a distraction. You know, we talked about this last week from all the bad press that WWE was potentially going to get. And now everyone's talking about The Rock again and less about, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, and, and I hope that it doesn't cast too big of a shadow because I think it's important that people talk about both sides of, of the business. Uh, but, um, Obviously, it's a big wild card to play, and it is a very yeah. distraction. Well, I mean, like, I mean, again, The Rock. Yes, he he's a huge movie star. He, he's uh, one of the highest grossing movie stars uh, around, and he basically parlayed that from his wrestling career. But he's he he's gone on record, especially you know in interviews, social media, that, you know, wrestling was what brought him to, to, to where he is now. That's why he's come to, to, to where he is now. Um, there was a plan for this match to happen last year, but there was no story to kind of bring that together. Now they have a story, but they still want it. But because of the fan outrage, which I can understand, I was, I wasn't part of that fan outrage, but I was on the fence with it. They had to go with the finish the story uh, storyline because of the fact that they've been building it up since last year. And so, you know, you can't have that kind of storyline as uh, you can't have that kind of compelling storyline like that. And then just simply drop it just, you know, off a whim, even though it would be for one of the biggest stars out there. Um, be, but again, Rock is smart. He knows this business, and he knew that with the fans hating him for stepping in into that finish the story uh, angle, he knew that he had to be healed, and he knew how to lean into that. But again, those the signs are there that he could end up costing Roman Reigns the championship, which will still set up the Rock versus Roman Reigns at like SummerSlam in uh, August. But there won't be a championship on the line because I think that was one of the biggest complaints of fans was that this match should not happen for the championship. It should just be just those two one on one with nothing on the line except maybe being the head of the table. That's it. Or pride. But the championship should not be on the line for this. And I think this is the best way for for them to do that is to be able to have Rock cost Roman the championship, say I was never part of the bloodline, and then come SummerSlam, they go one-on-one. That's mm-hmm. the best way forward at this point. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just feel bad because I feel like that's such a bigger match at SummerSlam than the WrestleMania matches. I don't know. Like I understand that Cody crybabies don't feel that way, uh, but I don't know. I still think Rock versus Roman's a bigger matchup than Cody versus Roman. I understand there's they've been drawing this storyline for so long, but The Rock is just such this powerful figure in the history of the sport. It's hard for me to not think that that's not the biggest story, you know? But That is one of the most it, it's so subjective that that sort of opinion of Rock versus Roman is bigger than Cody versus Roman. It's so su- subjective depending on your point of view. Yes. From a a casual or a you know, whatever fan, yes, Rock versus Roman is a lot bigger because of the Rock star power and because of how much of a star Roman has become since becoming the tribal chief. Also, just like the tribal chief, like 
this is the bloodline. Who is really the yeah. leader? You know what I mean? Like that's exactly. such a huge story, you know? Like exactly. But a lot of like I wouldn't say hardcore fans, but close to hardcore fans, they feel that Cody finishing his story is a lot bigger. And so that's why me me myself, I stay on the fence because yes, I'm I've been a wrestling fan since the early 90s. So I consider myself a hardcore fan, but I'm also an a, a objective fan when it comes to wrestling in the fact in the in the the fact that either either match I would enjoy. Whether it was Rock versus Roman or whether it was Cody versus Roman, I would enjoy either match just the same. You know, I don't have a dog. I don't have a pony, a, a horse in this race anyway, but I would enjoy either match the same. You know, I'm not going to go online and say, oh, I don't want to see Rock versus Roman. Give me Cody versus Roman. Or I'm not going to go online and say, give me Cody versus Roman. I don't want to see Rock. I wouldn't do that. I want to see either match. The Cody fans really went out hard. Every post, every social media post, spamming, and it worked. I think that it may it may have caused enough waves that I don't know if this was the original plan. It'll be interesting to see if it had an impact ultimately uh, on it. It's been such an interesting road to WrestleMania already, and and uh, I'm curious. I haven't watched the results of this one. The Intercontinental Championship is on the line tonight on Raw. Um, which I, I think will be an interesting matchup. Um, and uh, I, I would be surprised to see it get dropped before like a big thing like WrestleMania because it seems like a pay-per-view move. But uh, we've seen things happen on Raw like that. So it's not yeah. impossible. No, no, it's it's not impossible, but I just don't see it. See, so basically what I've, what I've been reading online and – you know, you have to take a lot of what's what's online with face, at face value, but uh, one of the things was that with the uh, Janelle Grant lawsuit, uh, one of the aspects of that lawsuit was the uh, assumption that the UFC heavyweight champion that was uh, possibly receiving uh, inappropriate images from Miss Grant was Brock Lesnar, and because of that, it was supposed to be. Uh, Brock Lesnar was going to most likely go after Walter. We don't call him Gunter. Me and Sip call him Walter. Um, there was a possibility they were going to have a match at WrestleMania, but because he was implicated, although not by name, in this lawsuit, he was completely scrapped from all creative uh, ideas uh, in WWE because he was supposed to be in the Royal Rumble and get eliminated by Dominic Mysterio, leading to a match between him and Dom at Elimination Chamber in Australia, which is taking place this coming Saturday uh, in Australia. But because he was implicated uh, somewhat in that lawsuit, they're, they're pretty much giving, been, giving uh, Brock Lesnar the Benoit treatment. They're basically wiping, wiping their hands clean of him at this point. And so because of that, um, that's why Braun Breaker, who was uh, an NXT product, was put in the Royal Rumble. Now, Brock, now uh, Braun Breaker is brought up to the main roster, even though he just won a championship at NXT, the Tag Team Championships, and things like that. So, a lot of what's happened recently with this lawsuit by uh, Miss Grant uh, against Fiskman, against John Laurinaitis, and then against WWE uh, has led to a lot of changes, and also. Uh, pivoting from that, 
CM Punk getting injured in the Royal Rumble, tearing his uh, tricep, really changed a lot of things as well because the plan was for CM Punk to challenge Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship, but he got injured and had is going to miss WrestleMania, so they had to pivot to doing an Elimination Chamber match to determine Seth's next challenger at WrestleMania. So a lot of things between the lawsuit and the injury happened that had to do with a lot of changes. But this goes to how good Triple H has been as the head of creative because had Vince McMahon been the head of creative, he would have ignored the fans and stuck with Rock versus Roman, and he would have lost a lot of viewers. He would have had crowds like hijacking shows, and it would have been a whole mess. It would have been a whole thing. So... Hmm. Credit to Triple H for realizing that going with Rock versus Roman was a bad idea and to to, to shift gears out of that and go back to the finish the story uh, thing and realizing that with Brock being in the, implicated in that lawsuit and CM Punk going down with injury, being able to pivot away from that and be able to have a, a plan going forward for WrestleMania. Yeah, I want to welcome in Andy Primordial Sounds into the hey into the show. He's one of our mods in chat, and now he is live on here. I know he doesn't follow wrestling too much. Did you ever, Andy, when you were younger, following? Uh, you know, I know that was sort of a big thing in the nineties. Yeah, um, I did. I mean, not like I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was a fan, but definitely, you know, caught it here and there for for entertainment. Yeah. So. Yeah, back in the Hollywood Hogan era, or yeah, what? way back. Yeah. I was just thinking Hulk Hogan, uh, yeah. Macho Man. Who else you got? The Undertaker. Yeah, um, yeah, all those cats. You know? Yeah, I I enjoyed that. That's that's my childhood right there. You know, so um, it was a uh, it was a fun time. It's it's been interesting to see how the storylines and everything has evolved and changed in the sport, but also um you know it's crazy to think that wwe even for all the crap that they get and all the things that get thrown at them are still the number one brand in, in the marketplace um and stuff like that but i do hope that people go check out the no spots podcast uh i enjoyed uh checking out and lurking in there um on the stream that they recorded this weekend and they always do live reactions are you gonna do a live reaction this weekend to the pay-per-view champ do i, do I look like i'm gonna get up at five in the morning and do live reactions oh, no right. In the morning, I forgot that it's Australia time. Yeah, uh, no, no, we're not, we're not doing a lot of reactions to uh, Elimination Chamber. Uh, the plan is, and it hasn't been announced on social media yet. Uh, I told Seth to hold off because we said on the podcast we would make a decision by Wednesday. Uh, but basically, the plan is is that we're going to post our predictions for Elimination Chamber uh, on our Facebook page on Friday. And then we're going to do a podcast next Sunday uh, as a post, and we're going to review uh, Elimination Chamber instead of doing a preview of it and then waiting nine, waiting like eight days to recap it. So that's the plan that we have for No Spots. But uh, as Robbie mentioned with No Spots, make sure you check out this week's episode. Uh, myself and Sif go into great detail about uh, what has transpired, what has re has been resurfaced when it comes to uh, the lawsuit that was filed by Janelle Grant, a former WWE employee, uh, regarding uh, 
very, very, very uh, disturbing allegations, uh, which has resurfaced a story that came out in 2016 regarding a uh, former WWE uh, superstar, Ashley Mazzaro. And this is a trigger warning for anybody who's listening. Uh, Ashley Mazzaro had, uh, was sexually assaulted back in 2006 when the WWE was in Kuwait uh, for tribute to the troops. She was drugged and sexually assaulted by members of our United States Armed Services. Um, she went to the company and the company basically threatened to silence her if she tried to come out with the story. Uh, that was corroborated by her childhood friend who uh, came out and talked about it as well. And then there were statements put out by uh, Vice Vice News that Ashley Mazzaro uh, revealed to them about the fact that this man also uh, sexually harassed her as well and even retaliated against her by threatening to you know ruin her career uh because of the fact that she rejected her his sexual advances so uh this lawsuit has really brought out the ugly when it comes to not just WWE but just wrestling in general and it has really uh brought up what was a very powerful movement back in 2020 which was the speaking out movement which saw a lot of individuals in the wrestling world finally speak their truths about the darkest part of professional wrestling. Uh, so make sure you check out that episode of, of No Spots that we just put up uh, where we talk about that. And then, again, this upcoming episode of No Spots, we're going to be re recapping Elimination Chamber, and we're going to be talking about, hope, you know, we might have some updates on this lawsuit and things like that and what else comes out from this lawsuit and other news and notes. Um Make sure you say a prayer for uh, Steve Mongo Michael. Uh, if you know that name, he's about to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year. Uh, he was diagnosed with ALS back in 2021. He's currently in the ICU in, in Chicago uh, dealing with a UTI, urinary tract infection, and MRSA. Uh, so hopefully he's able to pull through from this and Hopefully either not maybe not be present at Canton for the induction, but at least be alive to be inducted into Canton. But please keep him in your prayers. But we will hopefully have updates on his condition uh, as well. So make sure you check us out at twitch.tv slash true no spots pod. We stream the podcast live. The audio goes up on Spotify and Amazon Music on Monday. And make sure you check out the podcast partners button at sportsothp.com. Nice. Yeah. So you can definitely check out all the different podcast partners that we've got. We have the No Spots podcast. We also have the Power Play podcast earlier uh, with Gil and Anna. So they do a great job on those. So I'm happy that we have this relationship here that we can uh, showcase and go more in depth. Uh, also, uh, other wrestling groups. I know we just talked about WWE, but there's news, I'm sure, for all the different uh, ones out there. And so if you want to check all that out, they also have a great Facebook page uh, where they post uh, news and updates as well uh, for the No Spot podcast. Uh, so check that out as well. Um, Champ, I don't know. Do you want to stay on for the video editing portion of this or do, are we going to let you go? Um, yeah, I, I have two meetings in the morning, so I definitely got to get to sleep. Yeah, sounds good. Well, that's a perfect timing. So we're going to end the Facebook Live. Um, oh, wait, Robbie, I did. I forgot to mention because I said that I, I mentioned this at the beginning. But um, so March the 25th, I won't be around to do a preview of the D uh, DC Defender season because I will be in Orlando, Florida, uh, taking my son to Disney. So uh, the story behind that. 
is uh, back in August of 2023, my dad and my mom took a trip to Florida for my dad. He was uh, was attending the Shriners convention down there, and he wanted to take Junior with him, and he wanted to take him to Disney World. But unfortunately, uh, Junior had to start school the week that they were going to come back, so uh, he couldn't go. And my dad's last wish before he passed in December was to take Junior to Disney World. So my mom and I uh, came up with a plan. We went, we looked at flights and hotels and stuff like that. And yesterday we booked the trip. So March the 24th to the 27th, I will be in Orlando, Florida with my son doing a father-son vacation, uh, taking him to Disney World and fulfilling my dad's last wish that he attend Disney World. So um, really excited about that to be able to just do a father son vacation, just me and him, uh, going to Disney World and checking out Orlando and things of that nature. So, if there if there was a plan to do a preview of the DC Defender season, I will not be available because I will be in in Orlando. Actually, that's perfect. I'm looking at, ahead of the schedule. First of all, I'm happy you got to go to Disney World regardless. I would always suggest people do that over being on uh, this podcast. Um, I, I love Disney. I love Disney World. I love Disneyland. I love everything Disney. Uh, but the 25th, I guess it would be, right? I think it's the, the last week of March. Is I, Actually, I take that week off for spring break, um, and uh, I will be away on spring break. I will be back on april 1st on april fool's day that will be uh the beginning of the defender season as well as uh, the nationals come back and it's also the start of season nine of sports on the hill podcast so uh on the 18th of march we'll have our season eight finale and also we'll have our um eight year uh podcast celebration so you say you leave on the 20 for the 23rd that that weekend so the 24th still- that's sunday yeah, perfect. So you'll still could be there for the, the last episode of the season, and you actually won't miss an episode because you'll be uh, there probably a week later for the start of the next season. So um, that works out for timing uh, purposes. Uh, so, um, so yeah, the, the rest of this month goes, uh, we're doing this kind of hybrid, doing a little art, a little bit of sports uh, for the next uh, for this week and next week. And then in March, we'll have uh, March Madness and a little bit of uh, basketball talk over the next couple of weeks. Uh, at least for the 4th, the 11th, and the 18th, uh, which, again, we'll have our celebration episode. 25th will take off, and then April will start the next season. I can't believe we're already going to be on season 9. That still kind of blows my mind. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. After, after WrestleMania, after WrestleMania, no spots hit season 6. That's amazing. When is WrestleMania this year? What is the date? April 4th and 5th. Oh, cool. So we can do a little bit of a preview on that uh, season 9 premiere as well uh for that yeah. well have a good sense so that'll be awesome well champ thank you so much uh i'll let you uh go here uh we're also going to end the audio podcast as well as uh the uh, facebook live thank you everyone for tuning in on facebook live or listening live uh to the audio podcast i'm sorry that it's been taking a couple of days to get these up uh but i appreciate the people who still want to check those out uh, after the fact, um, this has been DC Sports Without the Politics, Sports on the Hill podcast, episodes 331. 
uh, Capitals recap, as well as NBA All-Star break and wrestling update. Uh, thanks for Champ, uh, Andy, and for uh, Gil and C4 for being a part of that. And then if people want to stay tuned on Twitch, uh, Andy and I are going to do an hour of uh, looking at some uh, cool scuba diving footage and just hanging out. So stay tuned on Twitch for that. Also, that will be later on YouTube uh, in a couple of weeks. We'll release that clip as well. But uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in on all the platforms. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Uh, for uh, more Caps Talk, a live Capitals game actually next week in the third period, uh, which will be exciting. Uh, And we'll also do another one of these wrestling updates. And if the Wizards do anything uh, noticeable, we'll cover them as well. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, Sayonara.